1: Hello and welcome to the round twenty-three edition of the Halfback Podcast. The tales are up. We had a big, big week on the potty last week. Uh, it would have gone down in history as one of the great weeks of punting if manly didn't go to water on the Gold Coast, it cost us a few of our plays. But more on that shortly. Here to talk through us with us is one of the sharpest minds in rugby league. It's former Cameraderes and St George Illawarra Dragons playmaker, and as it turns out, pretty damn good punter, Sam Williams. Sam, how are you, mate?
0: Yeah, going well, boys. Nice to be back for another week and uh, a bit of success last week is always a nice little thing to uh, kickstart our new weekend as well. So good stuff last week, boys.
1: Also joining us, as always, is ex-TAB data analyst, a man who knows his way around a line and overs-unders line, that is, of course, James Hughes. Hughes, how are you, mate?
2: Great, mate. Good to see you've joined us and gotten off the duck egg. That's the most important thing. Oh,
1: in emphatic style, I might add. <laughs> we'll get to the results in a minute, but I'll tell you what, people will be tuning out of this one pretty quickly. They'll be that sick of me, with speaking of tails up. Anyway, we'll get to it. On the show today, we will recap last week's results, drop our lock of the Week value play and Hail Mary punt. go through our tips for each game with Sam, find out who he likes in round 23, more importantly, why he likes these. Uh, boys, we're going to start with a topic to start the show. It came to my attention that... A lot of Sam's locks that seem to just be they getting up every week, very early on in games, absolutely killing them. A lot of them have been left side wingers, anytime try scorers. Now, it, it kind of probably plays into this belief uh, and idea that footballers, their right-to-left passing game probably comes more naturally than the left-to-right, most people being right-handers predominantly. Hughes, we had a bit of chat. Off-air, you've got some stats to back up the fact that uh, left side is indeed the strong side.
2: Yeah, I do, mate. Um, it's actually 13 out of 16 teams in the competition uh, score more tries down that left edge. So the only only three teams that aren't in that bracket are the Roosters, the Warriors, and the Dragons. So, yeah, it's pretty emph- emphatic. So mm. Massive numbers to
1: back that one up. Sam, what's your take on it, mate? Is it as simple as players being better right-to-left passes? Because I suppose you'd think at the professional level of NRL and rugby and whatnot that by that level, left-to-right, should be as good as right-to-left and it shouldn't matter too much. Uh, why do you think that is?
0: Yeah, I certainly think it has a play in it. I think that from a from a young age, a lot of footballers uh, are taught or, or find it easier to part, right, pass right-to-left. The main reason behind that is there's probably – you know, there's more right-handed slash right hand right foot players in the competition, and your you, your top hand guides your pass, and therefore it's probably more dominant. And your pass is generally going to be better from right to left if you're if you're um, a right-handed person. I've got a little a, a little bit more of an obscure take on it, and if any of our listeners out there think that this is ridiculous, um, let me know because it could be. And I've only just been thinking about it a little bit, but. I think a lot of the time you'll find there's, as I've mentioned, there's more right-handed slash right-foot players in the competition. For a halfback in the competition, if you're playing on the right-hand side and you're a right-foot player and you're controlling the game, it's easier to get a kick away when you're on the right-hand side of the ruck. Therefore, there'll be more right-foot players playing on the right-hand side of the ruck who control the game. Therefore, if you're controlling the game on the right, you might have a ball runner, or someone who's a bit more explosive on the left-hand side, looking to take the line on, maybe to play a little bit, they might be a bit more flamboyant. Whereas you might find the steady half on the right-hand side. Now, I know that sounds a little bit silly, and maybe I've looked into it too much, but I just feel as though that maybe you might find more, more uh, of those traditional halfbacks who control the game, playing on the right-hand side, setting up plays for the more flamboyant um, player on the left-hand side. And, that's not to say it's always going to be the case. There's, you know, there, I've got no doubt. There's, a, there's a few options out there where I'm proved completely wrong. But that might be a little bit of the reason. Um, yeah, and, and it's just something that that um, I, I thought could play a factor in it. But maybe it is as simple as being able to naturally play right to left more often. Mm, it's interesting take so we know a lot of footballing
1: and structure which you would be able to speak more about is you know you, you you aim to go to the right post or the left post say whatever tackle it might be third tackle then you sweep back with the big back line movement going back to the other side of the field so if you're aiming sort of for the right post uh, and then you've got the organizing or the, the dominant half playing on the right they'll then sweep back for let's say the sharks i think you're probably a good example with nico on the right uh, and then nico will be more often than not, maybe a first receiver in that, he'll hit Moylan, who's the more flamboyant half, uh, out to that left side of the field. Because I'm speaking off the top of my head, but I look at the Sharks, who Ronaldo Molitalo, I don't know if he's scored in the last three weeks. He scored one try, but it was off a crossfield field kick. Uh, that was with Maddie Moylan on the left out. Uh, there was no... Braden Trindle came in for him, so Nico got a lot more ball on the right, but it ties into that a little bit.
0: Yeah, a little bit. It just, I just feel as though sometimes when you're... Um, I, I guess similar to how I play the game, a little bit more of a traditional half. You're thinking you, you know, how you're going to get your best kick away. Uh, to be able to do that, you're on the right-hand side of the ruck. Um, when you're setting up your plays, you might be able to control it a bit early, easier from that side of the field. But before, as you said, swinging across. And if you're a 5'8", who's a, a natural ball runner, it's going to. It doesn't really impact you where you. The kicking game won't impact you as much as what it would be in the traditional half. So someone like a Matt Moylan who can always chime in with his kicking. He doesn't. He doesn't necessarily need to not kick, but he can really focus on running and being that little bit more flamboyant. So I just feel as though that's probably the reason behind maybe um, the back of our minds. That's the way it's all worked out. And uh, yeah, as I said, there's going to be. Op- uh, um, different examples of where I'm wrong. So there's no doubt it's not always the case. And um, some teams will make, might make me look silly, but that's a, that's a, I guess a left field thought <laughs> on it all. Yeah. I like it, mate. Boys,
1: our round 22 recap. It's a good one. Close to an all time fill up in round 22. Sam, starting with you, your anytime try scorer locked in again, Geordie Rapana delivered for you at a $1.97. Yeah. Look, I
0: was happy with rapper getting over for <laughs> the line, the big fellow. He's, uh, he's, yeah, in his old age, he's, he's not, he doesn't have the speed he once had, but <laughs> guess, yeah, look, they were always going to target that edge of the Dragons and he got that easy try off a little pass from Xavier Savage. Um, I thought that uh, there was maybe a little bit of a trust issue on that right-hand side for the Dragons at the time and it was just a half a metre difference between the, the spacing between Lomax and his half and that proved the difference to, to get Rapana over the line. And your value
1: play an absolute ball breaker this one it was a four leg multi around uh I think it was straight winners, and you also had the warriors with their line. They blew the dogs off the park, you called that one mainly with your last leg of it, and they they will we all know what happened to them up on the gold Coast got absolutely belt up there, cost you your value, leaves your r o i return on investment at two hundred and forty three point five percent so still very healthy Hughesy mate you killed it last week your lock of the week to start was the roosters who have been very faithful to giving away three and a half started a dollar eighty five you landed that and then the absolute ripper was the sharks you had the margin thirteen between thirteen and twenty four at three dollars thirty five and that one landed for you and then finally your hail Mary was Broncos to win one to twelve but best in Inari Tuala to score at fifty five dollars you were you're a Tawala try away from landing that one.
2: Yeah, mate. Oh, Tawala, obviously, that's why he's not playing this week. Disappointing action <laughs> not scoring for me. Uh, but, uh, yeah, like I, I think, yeah, the 24 points for Cronulla, nice little uh, jag there. The Roosters have been doing great for me. So that's <clears> two lock and values two weeks in a row, which I'm pretty happy with. Mate, you're up to 215% return
1: on investment and hot on Sam's heels there. Uh, I finally landed a big one. The Hail Mary got home. Jesse Ramian, Ezra Mam and Hudson Young, anytime try scorers. I was actually uh, in the car on the way back from the nation's capital, listened to this one on the radio. When I heard Huddo Young dive on that ball about 80 seconds into the game, absolutely ecstatic. So that was paid $23. I had $20 on that one. Uh, So that gets me not quite in the positive. I'm just below 0%. percent i I was going into the final game of the week. I invested in Manly in that one. And if my lock got home, I would have been in the positive. So we're not far off. More importantly, injury watch. Uh, I've continued that in emphatic style. I had Jason Saab and Ruben Garrick, both anytime try scores last week in separate plays. Uh, they're both gone for the season with an ACL and a shoulder. So I might just load up on Knights plays this week. So my mighty Raiders can get home on Sunday. Um <laughs> Guys, we've had plenty of people sending through their their tips and their their tips, their wins, I should say, off the back of the halfback podcast. If you do get them, flick them, just post them in the comment sections of the podcast when we get it online, uh, and we can get around those ones with you. We are exclusively using top score, top sport, top sport markets. Big fans of their value, especially their same game multi comfortably the best in the industry where the odds actually add up. Jump on, try it for yourself, compare it to other bookies. Uh, if you're keen to follow us and want to link up with them, use the special code SC Playbook. If you are, of course, 18 plus only and gamble responsibly. Lads, let's get stuck into it. $100 kitty for the week. Three bets each. Sam, your lock of the week.
0: Yeah, my lock of the week this week, it's not a game that I'd normally go near, uh, but I've I've touched on it anyway. Uh, I've, I'm going to go the Dragons giving away the start against the Gold Coast Titans, I think sometimes at this time of the year, the back-to-back performances and playing well week-to-week for teams who can't make the eight becomes exceptionally hard and especially playing away from home. Whereas St. Georgia, they've showed some really good signs playing at home. Uh, they've come off a, a narrow loss to the Raiders And I think that the Gold Coast Titans, although they might play with a little bit more confidence, I just think coming down to Sydney and being able to knock off the Dragons on their home turf, I'm not convinced they'll be able to do it. And I think St. George, they don't have many games left in the season. They're playing at home. They've showed enough to be able to knock off the Titans. And I just think that people probably got a little bit excited about maybe Gold Coast having a win. So I'm I'm sticking with the Dragons to um, give away the four and a half and and have a win, and that's at $1.95.
1: Sam, Talatau Amon was outstanding in your Raiders last week. Three tries, could have been four, could have been five quite easily. Uh, we've spoken on this podcast about his defensive issues. He is a smaller body, in that he's a bit younger. He'll go into that, no doubt. Uh, but really good last last weekend and, and
0: looks pretty promising for the future. He does. That, um, that's, I mean, it's easier to say when you've scored three tries, but I thought that's as, impress- as impressive as he's looked in the NRL. You know, he looked like a, quite a composed half. I think his body's going to be a good size for a half, and I think he's going to turn into a um, a really, really you know, good long term player for the club. So they've certainly got a good one, and learning with Ben Hunt there as well. It's one of those combinations that it's it's although it's in its infancy, I think it's a really good combination. I speak about um, uh, uh, you know the the edge that a controlling half plays. The Dragons are a little bit different in that sense with, with Ben Hunt really roaming and playing both sides. But what it does allow, it allows Amone to be able to run the football and back himself, and I think he's starting to grow into a good player. It's it's really something I've noticed this year,
1: Sam, is looking at some really promising young halves coming through the grade and how some of them have been stifled on the back of maybe being the more dominant half in their side. And I look at someone like Toby Sexton, who... Looks a really promising talent and, and a future potential star of our game, but just hasn't clicked into gear. He's been swapped between a, between a lot of different halves, partners, between AJ Brimson, Tana Boyd, uh, Will, um, Will Smith, a few different ones there. And I think it's been really difficult for him. On the flip side, you look at someone like Tommy Deirdre and who's you know, he got a little bit of experience, but who's been an absolute star this year. He evolved into origin-level halfback. He's been playing with a really experienced guy in – Chad Townsend and then you throw on top of that Talatao Mone who's been quite good playing with Ben Hunt it must be like so beneficial and you'd be you're well poised to speak on this coming through in your young years having a gun and experience half to come up with rather than having to call the shots as a young bloke
0: yeah and certainly some players would would rather just play that second second fiddle role and inject themselves when they can but i think something we often overlook and the more this the more that the NRL turns into the NFL with so much pressure on the half slash quarterback. Every single game we seem to talk about the halves and the halves did this or the halfback did this or didn't do this. Yet we don't really talk enough about the platform that a forward pack's laid. And (laughs) I look at some, someone like Penrith, I was down there doing the sideline commentary the other week for the Penrith and Raiders game. And they had um, O'Sullivan and um, uh, Jaden Salmon playing in the halves But the platform that that Penrith's uh, team set for those players to play on the back of, and the time they were given, it made them look like real world beaters. And um, you know, especially O'Sullivan, you know, really good young player with a nice left boot, and I think he's a he's a um, he's a good signing for Redcliffe. But Sexton hasn't had a whole lot of help this year, and and they've Mm -hmm. really been on the back foot for the vast majority of the time. So I feel I feel he's probably been. you know scrutinised a lot of the time for a young half that's supposed to win the you know win the comp for a team when there's only one one player on uh, he's only one player so I think going forward there's still a good player in him he probably just needs that little bit of help and um, I can't wait to see I can't wait to see Kieran Foran get up there next year and play some football and teach some of these young halves because uh, not only is he uh, you know an excellent player still at his age but he's got a brilliant football mind. Oh, he'll do wonders for him up there. old Foz, Huesie, your lock of the week. I'm going for
2: Parramatta 13 plus at $2.17 versus the Doggies. Uh, I know very disappointing loss to scoring zero points last week against Souths, if I'm if I'm right. But uh, I think they can bounce back. Mitchell Moses is meant to be back. Uh, so, you know, they're, they're two points in front of the Roosters right now, I think, playing the Doggies. They should be just too good, um, and come home with a really convincing win. You're a braver
1: man than I am putting the eels in your your plays, mate. Uh, if Mitchy Moses did miss out, how would this impact your bet?
2: Uh if oh, I mean, like, it's probably a tough one to like reverse, so I'm just going to have to run with it. Um, but yeah, I think I would probably take away my bet. Uh, I've currently got Parramatta minus fifteen. at at the margin line, Mm. so if he came out, it would go down to about minus 11, minus 12. Very Um, tight. So, yeah, it gets close to where the market is. So, yeah, in in reality, I'd probably remove my bet, but uh, for the sake of the potty, I'll just keep it on. Like
1: it, mate. Well, hopefully Michie Moses lines up uh, in that game this weekend. My lock of the week, Cowboys 13-plus into Scottwater anytime try score at $2.30. Uh, a little bit weak, but it is more than the $1.90 that you two throw up each week. Uh, as Sam sort of touched on before, but really tough for these, I think, lower-ranked sides uh, to, to go back-to-back a big weeks. And the Warriors were, were tremendous last week. Looked really, really promising against the doggies over there in NZ. But they now go up to Townsville. The Cow's coming off a loss. They're playing for a home semi. Uh, I do think that it could possibly be a little bit ugly there. The odds reflect that as well. Drinky's just in everything for them. He's so, I think he's such a great anytime try score bet, and you still get pretty decent value about him around the $2 mark. So uh, that is my lock of the week. Sam, your value bet of the week.
0: Your yeah, value this week. I've gone to Parramatta again and once again uh, around that edge. And I said to Tim before we... We, we, we started the podcast today that um, I, I'm working around some similar markets and bets each week, but we're here to make some money and I hope that people have followed me in because we are making money. So I don't want to give someone a bump steer just for the sake of uh, changing it up, but I have gone with Parramatta. Uh, I've gone with Mike Acebo to score two tries um, or more. That's at $3 into Clint Gutherson, anytime try scorer at $2. That's at $6. I reckon I love the way that Clint Gutherson plays through the line and, and coming off uh, off lane. He's, he's got one of the best offloads in the comp. And Gutherson, the way he turns the corner, as soon as he pokes his nose through and supports, I think it's as good as anyone in the comp. Yeah. Um, he often looks to his left to see the big uh, flying Fijian outside him. And I've, I think that they'll spend some time targeting some of that uh, that Bulldog's edge um, Matt Burton on the left, he's a big body and good defender. So I think I think you'll see a lot of traffic at um, Kyle Flanagan, a smaller body and a big rangy player like Lane where they play through the line. Uh, hopefully, Gutherson can take the fullback on and score a scorer try. And, and if not, um, I think you'll see Sevo with a bit of room as well. So $6 for those two plays.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it looks a solid bet regardless. I'm not in a position to doubt you at all, despite... Uh... Coming off a Hail Mary, as I think I might have mentioned earlier. But um, but I think, funnily enough, with Husey not wanting Mitch Moses out, if he does miss out, it's only going to be beneficial for that left edge, Sam, because Dylan Brown will obviously probably get a bit more ball with Jacob Arthur coming in on the right. So we'll we'll see how that one pans out regardless. Husey, what's your value play of the week?
2: My value play, three weeks in a row, I'm going to take the Roosters. Yeah, it's massive. Uh, I have, I do tend to take the plus, but in this scenario, in in a big line, but in this scenario, against the obviously depleted Tigers and the Roosters really firing, I'm going to take the Roosters minus twenty two and a half into Sawali and James Tedesco to score at any time during the game. Um, reasons being. We've also, Tigers can see down that left edge about 42% of the time. So I feel the right edge of the Roosters will be strong. Uh, and if you kind of look at the total uh, market, which is 50.5 over under, um, and you look at the line, basically it's saying the Roosters are in for six tries. So if Sawali and Teddy aren't scoring, I'll eat my hat. <laughs> so that's, that's my play. We'll get a hat ready for you, mate. My uh,
1: mine's very similar, well, similar to yours, but it's actually uh, going in a, a really a different manner, try scorer wise. This will be a massacre, I think. I, I just don't see how oh, the tires going to have to put up something very special not to get blown off the park in this one. So I've gone Roosters thirteen plus Tedesco anytime try, Manu anytime try, and Momorowski, who I think is probably the forgotten man in this lineup. Just if they do blow out to a big score, uh, he was at two dollars 30 odd I'd to score a try, I think, uh, in this game. The way I say it usually, watching Joey Manu very closely the past month, I'm loving what he's doing in that roaming centre role. It concerns me for Suali as a try scorer in terms of getting like the ball past him. He's A, Manu loves going short, but he just he's never there. When he, so when Suali scored his try last week, I had a look back on it. It took that unreal ball from Victor Radley, lofted over the top, Manu's on the other side of the field and they're attacking the opposition try line. So I, I think it might be reading into it a little bit too much. And I think Suali's still a great player, don't get me wrong, but maybe a bit more kick reliant. I think because Manu roams and swings over that left, I think they're going to be all in on that left side of the field. So uh, just on Manu and Teddy, there's a bit of rumour, every chance that it's nothing, that maybe a, like a Teddy or someone gets rested so if Teddy does get rested or even a Manu, I'm going to throw Daniel Tupu into my one and I'll fix the odds up there. But I do like the left edge there. Uh, Husey, if Teddy was to drop out, would you want to, you want to throw in a Joey I'd Manu, pick up Manu. Manu? Yeah, I'd
2: pick up Manu for sure, I think, if that's the case.
1: Yeah, so the other one there, if there is word that Teddy is getting rested, again, it might not be nothing. Manu's sitting around two dollars, and I think the fact that he he had more runs than Tedesco last week, and Teddy had eighteen runs, so I think he should nearly be at fullback odds anyway. And if he does officially get moved to fullback, he'll crunch to about a dollar forty. So get ready to move on that one. Uh, Sam, your hail mary of the week, twenty dollars.
0: Yeah, hail mary. I'm playing around the try scorer market again this week. I've I've gone with David Nofaluma to score a try, Cameron Munster to score a try. Uh, that combination is improving. And I think Melbourne's starting to starting to try and get in that, um, you know, finals frame of mind where they're really up for each game and, and building nicely. So I've gone with them too. I've gone with Mulitalo to score for the sharks. I think you've got a, a aggressive manly edges that they get up and in their face and Mulitalo might just see a bit of room on the edge of that. Cooler uh, to score a try. Uh, there's talk about him going to fullback for Ruben Garrick. Um, he's got, so much speed and he's a young bloke who's going to be playing off the back of a couple of you know really good halves in foreign and uh, Daily Cherry Evans. So I've got him to score a try and finally Sivo uh, to score a try for the reasons I've mentioned earlier. So all up, that's uh, with my top-up token, $26. Uh, let's just hope there's some tries and some points scored this weekend. Beautiful. Yeah, love, uh, love Mully Tully in that one with Moisa
1: back. Man, he plays out all over shop. It might even be someone like a KO Weeks who's played one game off the bench for about 15 minutes, coming onto that wing outside DCE. So, oh, he looks a
2: great play. Husey, your Hail Mary of the week. Uh, my Hail Mary, before that, I didn't say my price for my value. It's $3.75 with the top-up token, so get around that. But for my Hail Mary, uh, I'm going in the North Queensland versus Warriors Warriors matchup. I have North Queensland 12, roughly 12 point favourites. The market's got them 20 point favourites. So I'm actually going to take North Queensland 1 to 12 uh, into Aidan Fanua Blake, anytime try scorer. Uh, reason for the try scorer bet is Cowboys actually do concede the most in the comp through the middle of the field. So I think there could be an opportunity for a really high priced mm. uh, forward to bust through. And potentially score just a, a lucky try. Uh, so that will round out at $44.45. But I actually found a little loophole with the uh the top spot odds. If you Level actually load. throw yeah, if you're throwing the Warriors plus 20 and a half into that same same game multi, you get another five dollars value. Um, so you'd get it up to like yeah, forty nine dollars. Um, and even if you took out Aiden for Blake in that market, you still get a little bit of a boost as well. So if you're not sure. keen on backing me in with the big try scorer you could still get uh, a pretty interesting price
1: there. Love our loyal partners, Top Sport, but, mate, when you find a loop like that, you've got to exploit it. So we're here to find winners for the punters. No, that's great, mate. Um, my Hail Mary, <clears throat> I've got three anytime try scorers similar sort of moulds to what I've been doing. Luke Keery at $3.80. Now, he's not a – obviously – he hasn't scored a lot of tries this season, but I think that with a game against the Tigers, he's got one of the better supporting halves in the competition. I think so. Even if he doesn't go through himself, I think he's every chance at 380 uh, to support and get an easy one under the sticks there. Uh, Val Holmes playing that roaming centre role up at North Queensland, <clears throat> again banking on it being a bit of a one sided contest. Um, him to score a try, and Cam Munster at $2.67 to score. He, I reckon they're basing that off him. He's been named in the halves again. Now, I think that there's every chance that he does play fullback, which would crunch those odds pretty significantly against the Broncos, uh, hopefully a dry Suncorp surface. The only way I think it wouldn't be is if Jerome Hughes was out uh, of that team. Uh, what's his name? Cooper Johns is also out. So maybe leave with Meany and say a Wishart or Nick Arima in the halves where they might want that experience uh, of Munster. But surely to God, he plays fullback and what he's done in the last two weeks. So. Going with them, three three at $23 with my top-up token. Guys, if you've been wondering whether you can really afford to buy that new car or even thought you need some extra cash to help your, take your business to the next level, whatever the goal might be, Pat and George from Mortgage Choice are here to help you know your numbers. With over 35 different lenders on their panel, the boys will find the perfect solution for any type of loan. Flick them a message on Instagram at Pat and George Mortgage Choice, or one word, or give them a call on 02 9521 1611. Do not forget, mention the special code SC Playbook for your free numbers consult today. If you like me and need a hand in uh, making grown up decisions, these fellas can steer you in the right direction, make life a little bit easier for you. So get in contact with them. Sam, let's get stuck into the NRL tips for the week. And we'll start with, keen to you get your thoughts on this one. It looks like a cracking game Rabbitohs v Panthers at Acor Stadium in Sydney Thursday night. Who do you like in this?
0: Yeah, uh, look, I stuck solid with some of these um, Roosters, Rabbits, Melbourne, these sort of sides over the last month or so, and I'm glad they've rewarded me because I think that the class in some of these teams has shone through and starting to build nicely for the semi-finals. I think Penrith are probably just miss- missing that real little bit of class to knock the Rabbits off this week, and I still think that they're um, building nicely, Penrith, because – with some of their players having a little bit of a spell this time of the year, I actually think it's a good thing. I think they'll come back fresh and firing and, and really looking um to hit the ground running come the big end of the season. But um, I think just for this week with what's on the line and, and the Rabbitohs starting to show some form and the fact that they want to really knock off one of these top sides and put their hand up, I think they've got enough to play for and enough quality to knock the Panthers off.
1: Sam, I had a bit of a chat, uh, a good discussion on the Bloke in the Bar podcast on Monday around ball-playing locks and just how good they're getting in the NRL. And there are three that have really stood up of late, and it's Isaiah Yo, Cameron Murray, and Victor Radley. On pure ball-playing alone, which one of them three do you think is the best link man in the competition?
0: I love all three of them as players. Uh, I'm a massive fan of them, and I think when you go into the market and we're all looking for playmakers and all this um, game management and all this sort of thing. I just think that those three players are just so, so gifted and tough, and and their options and the way that they square up the line and go into the line. It's so I just love to watch it. Um, look, it's a real toss of the coin. I think that in terms of having a balance, I think as I yo, know, he's the one who probably he guides the team around the park more than what the other players do in terms of tipping on or playing back on his inside to lay a Mm. line. These sort of things are are what a traditional half would do. you will want to get to a um, right post or a left post or you want to get to a scrum line and he'll play ball play to get the team there and then come back and set up the play, the big play as well. So in terms of ball playing and and overall um, management of the way that the team plays, it's, it's the man for me. But the other two, the way they sink deep into the line, the way they play, the service they create, I just love all three of them as footballers.
1: Mm, Yeah, absolute corkers there. Uh, Sam, North Queensland Cowboys, New Zealand Warriors, QCB Stadium in Townsville, Friday night at 6 o'clock. Now, I suspect you'll probably go with the Cowboys on this one. Uh, Feel free to go differently if you'd like to. So let me ask you, with the negative 20.5 line given to the Cowboys, who would you be taking on the lines?
0: I was actually quite impressed with the Warriors last week. I think that they could have scored two or three more tries, and um, I actually, I actually thought they thought that they played quite well against a, a bulldog side with not much to play for. I think that the line, I, I actually leaning towards the Warriors with the line in this one. The reason behind it is, the the Cowboys, the Cowboys just need to win football games. They don't need to win by twenty one, twenty two points. So. And sometimes in those conditions up there if they get to that 12 14 point lead they might be up by 12 and just that that easy option is to go out by 13 because they only need to win the game and at the moment I just think that if the Warriors can produce what they did last week which I certainly wouldn't be putting my heart on them um, I just think that if they can sort of show what they showed last week there's only a few games left in the season they might be able to get up and play with a little bit of freedom and maybe score some, you know, a couple of good tries and just make sure that that line doesn't blow out.
1: Yeah. Well, if we can land at 13, I'd be a happy man for my lock. Broncos in Storm Suncorp Stadium, <clears throat> Friday at 7.55pm. Uh, this is another cracker, and there's a few potential ins and outs. Well, actually, I suppose Jerome Hughes is, is the big one there. He sounds like he's about 50-50. Uh, Sam, Broncos are $2.65. Outsiders on Top Sport. Who do you like here?
0: I think Hughes is that big key one there, as you mentioned. He's he's so he's so vital and so important to the Storm knocking off the best teams in the competition. But I'm going to stick strong with the Storm. I think that the Broncos uh, they've showed some some really good signs throughout the year, and they've got um, one of the best leaders in the competition with Reynolds there. But I think Melbourne they're just building nicely, and they're starting to. Um, hit their straps at the right time of the year, so I just think they're going to go up there with a point to prove again to say, "Hang on, we're we're still here and we're still, um, you know, one of the best teams in the competition." So, um, you know, it's a it's a great game of football. I'm really looking forward to it. It'll be a, it'll be a ripper, but I'm going to go with the Storm to win. Nice, yeah. I think also keep an eye on.
1: I don't think we're going to get confirmation of it <clears throat> prior to the game, but. Nelson is off solomona played on an edge last week. I think that was just a combat Viliami kick-out. But if he is to play on the edge against a game this week, well, he's every chance to try. 6-0-50 anytime try-scorer. Uh, but it might be hard to tell if he does revert back to that sole middle role this week against the Broncos. Sam, Eels and Bulldogs, Combat Stadium, 3 p.m. Saturday. Do the Eels, well, the Dogs as well. Who bounces back in this one?
0: Yeah, I'm on the Eels. I think the Eels will win. Um, and I actually don't mind the 9.5 line giving it away. I think they'll be too strong for the Bulldogs. Uh, look, the Dogs are coming um, coming back to Sydney, so a bit closer to home. And in, a, in a venue they've played a bit of footy at, but I think the the Eels have too much to play for and have enough signs, especially if Moses is back and playing, that they'll be too good for them. Yep.
1: Manly versus Cronulla at Brookie Oval, 5.30 on Saturday evening. Uh, now, another pretty one-sided-looking contest. Manly with a few key players out. Uh, do you give Manly a chance with a 14-and-a-half start?
0: Yeah, Manly uh, uh, still makes my head shake the way they played last week and let us all down, so I'm not going back to them. Uh, <laughs> I think they've just got too many injuries at the moment. They're, they're, they're To be able to match a team who... Um, uh, the last few years haven't had the success that they probably desired, but are now in a position to really shake this competition up. I think the Sharks have too much to play for, and uh, I just think, yeah, look, stick solid with the Sharkies, give away the line, and and hopefully they can turn one on. Sam Roosters and
1: Tigers SCG Saturday night. Uh, now myself and Hughesy went pretty hard on this game. I noticed you didn't touch it. Uh, the Tigers, well, the Roosters giving away a twenty-one and a half start. How do you
0: see this one? I probably tend to agree with the Roosters, you know, putting a fair scoreline on uh, there. We spoke a couple of weeks ago about how the Roosters attack works and if they can fire. And I just think they've probably got one of the most amount of points in the, in their team as any other team in the competition when they're firing. So this could be their real, uh you know, real exclamation mark and say, right, I try and stop us. Uh, there's so many threats across the park and providing that, Providing that, that um, surface isn't dry enough, they're, they're in for a big one, I think.
1: It could be a fun game to watch uh, or potentially the opposite. Um, Sam, I'm going to take the words out of your mouth here and say <laughs> there's one game a week that you probably don't want to be watching and I think it's the Dragons and Titans at Wynn Stadium at 2 o'clock on a Sunday. Get a few, few brownie points with the misses
0: maybe. Yeah, uh, well, I've gone in and given and and made my lock of the week. The Dragons giving away the Lions. so um, poor old Sarah might be perched up watching this game this week. <laughs> um, yeah, it's not, yeah, not a, not not the blockbuster we've spoken about earlier in the round, but yeah, I think the Dragons win. Um, I've given my reasons why earlier on, so I'll stick with them.
1: And we wrap it up on Sunday afternoon at four o'clock at McDonald Jones Stadium in Newey. It is the Knights playing against your beloved Canberra Raiders. Pretty firm favourites in this one. How do you see this one playing out?
0: Knights and the Raiders, it's one of those weeks where it could go one of two ways. The The Knights might be up for it. They've had a lot of controversy this week, um, obviously in the papers for the wrong reasons, and, and it's a club on the back foot. So it's a really big one to test their character and, and what they actually care about with the club. They've got such a good good community and, rugby league fan base up there that they do owe it to them to show up but they are losing a few key players again this week and the Raiders have still a glimmer of hope to make the finals and if they're not up for this game the Raiders then it's curtains for the season so I just think that the Raiders have too much to play for it yeah. might be closer than what people think the Raiders have got 11 and a half with the line but I think that the Raiders will be too good with too much to play for
1: Yeah, you mentioned a few weeks ago with the Manly Seagulls jersey saga that you thought they might get up uh, in the face of adversity, and they did um, put out a pretty good performance against the Roosters. So let's see if the 90s can do it as well. Guys, the SC Playbook special last week, Ruben Garrick, 16 points at $5.00. He ended up only with 12 in a belted side. If they actually turned up, he would have had about 36 points. Uh, and a bit of word that he actually hurt his shoulder a few weeks back against the Eels, so he was playing underdone as well. So uh, unfortunately, not quite there, Rubes, but a good effort anyway, mate. This week, going all in on that Roosters game, Sammy Walker to score 18-plus points by himself at $4. I think last time we had him in the, the, the play to, to score a stack of points, he ended up with 22 points against the Dragons at the SCG. So hopefully he can do that again. Guys, if you're keen to follow us along and choose to link up with Top Sport, use the special code SC Playbook. If you are, of course, 18 plus only, and gamble responsibly. Uh, Sam, thanks very much for
0: coming on, mate. Thank you, boys. Good to see we have got some winners going, and uh, we look forward to another weekend.
1: Hughesy, you're a man in touch.
0: Thank you, and good luck.
2: Absolutely, thanks, boys. Appreciate it. Cheers, guys. Thanks for tuning in.